Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. And I am here with Christina Ray. She is a licensed New York City tour guide, an author, and a speaker on 9-11. Thank you, Christina, for being here with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. And I'm really excited. I know I've heard bits and pieces about your story, but I know a lot of people, our listeners, are probably really excited to hear your story about 9-11 because even though it happened so long ago, it's still very you know, precious to many of our hearts, this story. So without further ado, I welcome you to just go ahead and share with us your backstory. Well, my backstory with 9-11 starts around 1995. I am a licensed New York City tour guide. And by license, that means you have to take a test that's uh, issued by the Department of Consumer Affairs in New York City. So I became a tour guide when I was 25. And I right away began touring lots and lots of people to the original World Trade Center site. I took thousands of people, I estimate between um, 1995 and, and when the attacks happened, I took thousands of people up to the observatory and toured them through the 16 acre original site and down the mall underneath and into the building. So, you know, by the time the attacks happened, I had a real uh, love for the, the World Trade Center complex and the observatory. Um, but also, ironically, my husband and I had moved into the, the neighborhood. So we, um, uh, my husband and I got married and we moved two months before the attacks to just six blocks away from the, from the World Trade Center complex. So not only was I a tour guide of the area, but I was also now a resident. And so that morning, my husband and I, um, well, my husband was awake, I was asleep, and our stuff was still in boxes. We were still uh, very new to this building. And, um, you know, the impact of the first tower hitting the uh, first plane hitting the North Tower was, um, was such an incredible blast that it shook our building. So my husband knew something horrible had happened. He, he, he ran over to the bedroom, took me awake. We ran onto our 300 square foot terrace. And it was kind of all about that terrace because that terrace faced north, which for us, um, the Twin Towers were, were just picture perfect right smack in the middle of our, of our view, of our panoramic view. And we were just watching the, the North Tower burn. Uh, uh, we didn't know why it had happened. We didn't know what had gone on. We thought maybe a bomb had been brought into the building. Um, it was just confusion and terror. I remember trying to call people to, uh, we'd be trying to find out what had happened when all of a sudden over our right hand shoulder, the second plane came 
went right in front of us, turned and went into the South Tower. And, you know, we were so close to that um, second plane. For one thing, uh, it went into the floors around 78 to 86, and we lived on the 24th floor. So uh, we were so very close to that, that it, it blew us back into our apartment and it knocked me out on the, on the living room floor. So I woke up with my dog actually jumping on my body and my husband was yelling and I couldn't hear what he was saying. I just kind of hopped up and in a panic, I ran into our, our lobby floor. My husband grabbed the dog and we ran down the 24 flights. But when we got outside, I realized, you know, I'm in my pajamas with, with uh, no shoes. So even in, uh, in the midst of that time, we weren't allowed back into our apartment. They were only allowing people uh, to use the elevators who were evacuating the building. But um, we walked down to Battery Park, which is at the very end of the Manhattan Island. And we went there because North was totally taken over by yeah. the burning towers. But we thought we would be safe in that 25-acre park, again, right, right, right down there near the New York Harbor. And a lot of people know that park because that's where you get ferries to go to the Statue of Liberty. But I remember when we were down there, there was a couple hundred of us that I could see. And we sat down on a bench trying to collect ourselves. It was a beautiful day. I remember looking out at the Statue of Liberty, worried that another plane was headed towards it to, to bring it down. When all of a sudden the ground started rumbling, we didn't know what that was, but there was this collective scream and all of a sudden, um, I, I didn't even have time to turn around when the um, the, the crumbling towers um, kicked up the dust in the air that I could barely see. I certainly couldn't see more than about 10 feet ahead of me and covered us completely in debris. And when the tower imploded, um, it, it seemed to take a very long time to come down. And it sounded like it was right behind us. So people really went crazy in that park and they pitched themselves into the New York Harbor, tried to swim to Governor's Island. And it was just in insane. And the fact really is, is that we couldn't breathe. And that was the first uh, thing that, that kind of hit our minds. We have to breathe. And when the second tower came down, the, it, the same thing happened. We were covered with dust and debris. We, didn't, we weren't safe at all, honestly. We um, said goodbye to each other. Uh, we'd only been married for, for over a year. Um, and I just remember thinking, this is insane. I'm 32 years old and, and Armageddon's happening or whatever this is, but the end of the world is, is, is happening. We saw people die. We saw people again, try to swim away. And it just, it just seemed like they're any worse than that. And, and that was probably going to be the end of us, which we very much felt. Um, and then all of a sudden I looked out on the, the Hudson and saw a lot of boats coming and docking um, near us. And it turns out the Coast Guard had issued a CB radio call asking for boat owners, boat operators to come and pick us up and get us off the island because we were trapped down there. Yeah. So uh, that turned out to be the, the largest boat evacuation in history, larger than uh, Dunkirk during World War II. But we were taken off of uh, the island of Manhattan and dropped into New Jersey, didn't get back into our apartment for several weeks. Um, and in that time, um, for, for us personally, things continued to deteriorate. Our dog um, ended up dying of 9-11 causes, not immediately, but he got sick immediately. And he did end up dying because he had ingested the dust that covered us, which was ground up glass, which kind of shredded his insides. Oh, my husband found out one of his fraternity brothers had died in 9-11 and put him in a 
and an instant um, depression. And again, just not being able to go home. Um, I'd never had that experience of, of being homeless. And I found not having a home to go to or, or to lay my head on my own pillow was was very discombobulating. Where did and you stay? What uh, so <laughs> we were we were what I call American style refugees. We stayed. Uh, we did. We were able to get a hotel in New Jersey for that first night. Then we couch surfed with a friend, and then we stayed at a donated apartment near Grand Central Terminal. Um, so, but we were we were literally just kind of going all over town and waiting for our. We were so close to the attack zone that they were finding body parts and pieces of plane. Oh our um, terrace is next door, right outside the front door of our of our uh, building. So of course we couldn't get back. We just uh, didn't know, uh, you know, where, uh, when all this was going to end, or was it going to end? Was our apartment even stabilized enough that it would we you know we were going to be allowed back because we had heard rumors that it had uh, taken sh shaken several buildings off their foundations and that we might not even ever have a home to go to. Our stuff might that might be it. So it was just a, a terrible time of uncertainty. PTSD had already set in and it really kind of took us to our own kind of ground zero as far as of um, we were just so upset and confused and angry and again, discombobulated that uh, in newlyweds and um, uh, not knowing how to relate to each other um, in, in that capacity, we never even, I don't even think we'd ever seen each other you know, necessarily cry. <laughs> we mm -hmm. really not had much of a many trials and tribulations in our short uh, life together. So it was an incredible way to start out a marriage <laughs> and um, really kind of just start start our lives together, uh, much less um, just the, the collectively mourning the huge loss of life for the city mm -hmm. and what it had done to the psyche of, of our home, of, of New York City. It was just it was a devastating funeral. And, and for us personally, we, we really had a hard time recovering from that. It, and, and I tell people to this day, um, uh, all of our roads pretty much begin and end at 9-11. Just anything that makes up our lives today really had their origin in that day. It, it ended up be staying with us and affecting every single part of our lives to this day. All the choices that we make still are based on those not uh, that it goes all everything goes back to that day in our lives. Wow. I'm like, I'm like going there with you as you're describing all this. And my heart cracked a little when I heard you say that you and your husband basically said goodbye to each other. Like, I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, the closest thing I've ever experienced to anything like that is watching um, the dunes implode in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was a little girl, you know, and so I kind of know what you mean about the debris and everything. We had to leave immediately and they were actually handing out masks and everything. But that's like a quarter of what you've even experienced. Like that goes tenfold. Like that's Wow. Um, and I'm sorry that, you know, you lost your little dog. Have you by chance gotten a new one? We did. Uh, when that dog died, we we just really said, okay, that was, that was so painful. And honestly, we should have, um, the, the vet uh, advised us to, to put the dog down. Um, we, we paid a lot of money to try to save him, but he, he really, uh, his health suffered ever since. And we should have uh, listened to the vet at that time. But 
So we found that so devastating that we vowed to never get a dog again. But yes, we did uh, get one during COVID two years ago. So we're trying our hand at that again. But we were we were very devastated at that loss. So we just kind of felt like we had survived that day as a team, and our dog was a team team member of our of our little band that that survived that day. Yeah. Well, I think it was smart to get one during COVID because I know that like a lot of people use pets, you know, as uh, an emotional for emotional support. So I think that was really good. I'm actually curious now how many people went out and got pets. <laughs> during well, it was not easy to find a dog during COVID. We had been told that there was a run on dogs. There was a run on animals. And so <laughs> it was not easy to get our, our, our little Nala. So, but we, we, we adore her, but you know, we, I, I still think about Gabriel a lot and find myself calling her Gabriel. And, um, you know, I wrote an article about, um, about the loss of our dog in nine 11. And again, you know, animals are, 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 are um, don't don't equal human life. That's for sure. It was um, I, when, one of the reasons why I wrote about our dog is because there was a lot of ripple effects of the attacks that a lot of people have taken for granted, or maybe they they'd never thought about it. And it's certainly a, a lot of them, like the deaths of pets and animals, were underreported. So um, when I wrote a book about what um, about how what happened to us that day, I did write about the boat evacuation. I did write about our dog only in the hopes that people understand that this was kind of a, there was a lot of ancillary uh, situations that occurred. Again, us being out of our apartment for a couple of weeks, that really surprises people that we had that experience. A lot of people will say, hey, I haven't heard that people were out of their apartment. I hadn't heard about dogs dying. I've never heard about the boat evacuation, the largest boat evacuation in history. So it was, it was um, kind of a bid to, for, to, to expand people's understanding of that day as, as we experienced it. Yes. One of the, uh, that's one of the reasons why I love that you're coming on to share your story. Um, you have a very, very unique perspective, you know, opposed to everybody else, especially those who are only watching TV like I was. So, um, you know, I love that you're sharing your story and I wanted to um, ask you a little bit more if you wouldn't mind sharing. Uh, you mentioned that the PTSD started to set in. What did that look like for you? It, it, it hit my husband uh, differently than it hit myself. My husband would sleep all the time. He just slept and slept and slept and I could not sleep. And so I was literally just kind of this manic, crazy person bouncing off the walls. I have a lot of energy as it is, but I couldn't sit down. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't stop walking. Um, I would literally walk, there were, there were, um, basically memorial services all over Manhattan. And I would just go from one to the other, from one to the other. There were, there were informal memorial services in, in different parks that I would attend, but that was really, um, gave me something to do while the, I simply couldn't sit down and uh, couldn't sleep. And, um, my mind was racing. Um, I, I would have kind of angry outbursts. And, um, yeah, I think, but it was really in the sense that I just, I, I couldn't sleep and I had terrible nightmares that would, mm. when I could sleep, it would wake me up that I would just want to scream and scream. I probably felt that way for a solid year and I did get some counseling over it. Well, I'm so sorry you experienced that, but I'm grateful to know that you're doing so much better. And, um, I know in your up story, you have some something to share about your faith, how God kind of intervened with all that, don't you? 
Yes. Well, I had um, uh, faith as a child. My parents were, were, were devout, um, but I, you know, lost that in college and continued um, on a different path. I would say uh, when I moved to New York city, when I was 23 years old and um, I guess it was, it was the kind of the, the idea was during 9-11, um, realizing that that I'm out of there's there's only so much control we have in the world. And I think if you're young, um, um, you can talk yourself into thinking, you know, whatever is is to be is simply up to me and I have control. And that was a situation that we we definitely did not have control. And it was just kind of a wake up call of, of, it was a time that I wanted to explore more meaning in life. And um, I'd kind of, I've heard this cliche before of run to the end of myself and, and again, the control I had in the world or, or didn't have, but I also just was interested in, 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 in looking into faith again. And so um, I actually did look at, at several different 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 faith systems and it did end up returning to my own and became very involved in our church after that to my husband is as well i also um really became involved in um in helping people in the aftermath of of uh, natural and man-made disasters i i was so impacted by our time being um out of our apartment that um uh, refugees, immigrants, homeless ended up becoming. I only had a very small taste for a very short time, uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to in any way put, put myself on on the the level that that um, others who are who struggle with with housing uh, puts themselves on. But I I did I, I cared a lot more about the subject than I did before, and I've been um, active ever since. And um, and refugees and with homelessness. And in fact, in 2016, my husband and I uh, founded a nonprofit that helps um, helps uh, those who suffer from from uh, man-made disasters overseas, specifically. But um, yeah, there's some things that definitely stayed with me. But but um, having survived it and come through the other side, I definitely wanted to give back if, as people were very generous to us in the aftermath of 9/11 because they were very. We 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 went. To, uh, we were. Um, in, in, in front of so many wonderful people who gave of themselves, gave of their time, gave of their, uh, uh, they were caring for us in so many different ways, um, in the ways that we really needed it. So I just, it, it definitely made me want to give back um, to those um, who, who, who also um, suffer through life. I mean, we all suffer, right? Uh, at one point or another, but it, it definitely uh, awakened something in me that I didn't have before, that I, I didn't, that was not, um, uh, on my radar, um, I can't say that I, I gave a lot of thought to refugees or homeless or natural disasters, and I did in the after effect. And I like to think that I, I, I'm still very active and, and care a lot and, and, and show people how much I care because I can, I can in some way, uh, sympathize and empathize. Would you say that this is part of your life purpose? Definitely, for sure, for sure. I, you know, I... Um, I, I'm always amazed at when when people uh, love on others and 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 are are concerned about others. What kind of social justice issues that that they become involved in? And I think it's so interesting. And and uh, for me, yes. Um, again, it 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 is some um, helping others was was definitely born out of of 9/11. And it's something I feel like I can give back to the world because uh, we were gifted. And I want to, yes, just pay it forward. So definitely. And, and it, it impacted my 
life for the better. Not that I wish that it had happened by by any any means. But um, when it also comes to 9-11, I even feel like sharing my story is a way of, rem of reminding others of the 3,000 people that were lost that day who can't share their story, who didn't live to, 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 to live their lives out in a natural way. And so I almost feel that um, tour, even tour guiding has a sense of purpose for me because I toured the 9-11 Memorial and the museum. And again, it's, it's, it's part of what I think my purpose um, ended up being in the aftermath is, is again, giving a voice uh, for those who, who were silenced that day. And I'd like to remind people that, um, you know, there's a lot of people still suffering a direct loss, a lot of parents and, and siblings and loved ones. And um, the fact that, that we all suffer from what these people would have been in the world, how they would have contributed, the people that they would have loved and, and the wonderful things that they would have created on this earth. And that, that was a tragedy. And I, want, I, I, I like to remind people of, of them. Yes, thank you so much for that. And it's just um, just shows me more of how much of an honor it is to have you on to be able to hear your story for that as well. Um, my heart definitely goes out to people who have um, lost anybody that was involved with that. So thanks again. Um, I also wanted to ask you, I mean, you've shared a lot, but specifically, what would you say is one very important lesson that you have learned from this whole experience? That I, I just don't think there's one person on this planet who was just born and we're just existing. I do believe that that each person has a plan and a purpose. And I think everyone does have, there is a plan and a purpose for everybody to, to help each other out and to love one another. I don't, I don't think we're islands. I don't even think that we're intended just for ourselves or our families, that we're all connected in such a global way. I mean, if the, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's mm -hmm. how connected we are globally. I mean, that's why the pandemic became a pandemic. But if that's the case, then we all can take part in in alleviating suffering and loving each other as as a, a, a worldwide community. So I I just I just think that that um, everybody is is significant and special and has a has a human dignity and the capacity to love and care for others. And that's what 9-11 taught me specifically. I love that. Um, it's it's almost like kind of bittersweet that people, you know, I think all of us, everybody's to some degree has to kind of almost experience something, you know, trials and tribulations in order for us to kind of wake up from wherever it is that we're at to realize there's more to life than what I'm currently doing. Because imagine, where do you think you would be if you did not experience this? And I think about that a lot too. I, I would like to think that at one point I would have <laughs> woken up and realized that there's a bigger world and that beyond myself and my needs and my goals and my wants, and that I would have come to the, a place where I loved and cared for others. I just probably did it about 20 to 30 years sooner. Um, uh, so at least at 32, um, I woke up uh, and um, kind of started that side of life um, at that age. And um, now I'm 53 and um, hopefully still until I die, we'll, we'll keep carrying on some of those lessons that I learned in the aftermath. That's a beautiful thing. And it's like looking at this from, you know, an outside perspective, I can see God's handiwork in your life. 
I can see his plan specifically for you. Just like you said, you believe everybody has a purpose. I believe that too. If you have breath in you, you have a purpose. Even if you're struggling and you're in pain and you, you know, feel like you've lost all hope and you just can't see everything. I mean, that's part of your life's journey. And it's, um, it's all about finding the way out because then you in turn become somebody who's able to help others, like how I help other people, you know, overcome their, you know, personal generational trauma that they've experienced. And the the thing that you're doing with the refugees and stuff. And like you, like you said, you didn't know what that felt like. And even though you may not have experienced it for as long a duration as others, you experienced it. So you have a very good idea, let's say, opposed to me, you know, like you have a very good idea. And now you have a passion and a heart and a love for that. And had that not happened, you might not, you know, be in that situation to be able to do that. So it's a really beautiful thing that we get to turn our pain into a purpose. That's a quote I like to say a lot. It's just turn your pain into a purpose. So it's really beautiful what you're doing. And I know that you have a book, right? You uh, were debuted in 2019 and you won two major book awards. Yeah. So I wrote um, a a book called Out of the Shadow of 9-11 and it came out in 2019. And you know, I when I was looking at uh, 9-11 books, there's over 700 written about 9-11, but none from a perspective of a resident of the uh, the attack zone in New York City. Of So my book is really about life before, during, and after living within the neighborhood of, 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 of a war zone. Yeah. But, um, and also I, I really wanted to highlight some of the hero stories like the, uh, the boat owners and operators who picked up 500,000 people on 9-11. Like we, we really don't hear about them much, but they were heroes. And they were all there, that day spawned a lot of heroes that I wanted to personally recognize. So it's our story. And um, but I represent, you know, thousands of people There are 25,000 residents who are displaced as a result of 9-11. So I wanted that story to be out there and to be told. And also for the 20th anniversary and since I've written numerous 9-11 articles that didn't quite make the book or I wanted to expand on it a little bit more. So I have also a website that lists all of my 9-11 articles. I think I've written over 50 of them, but they explored, again, um, animals dying, the impact of that, uh, the impact of um, um, people who um, their health has uh, continued to deteriorate since 9-11 because they inhaled the toxic dust and debris, which is a little bit of an un- underreported story. So just a, just a, from my articles to my books, I, I, I've written quite a bit on 9-11 and, and I will continue to do so. I love that. Is there anything else that you're currently doing as a result of your experience? I do. Um, I work with refugees, as a matter of fact, and um, I, I love it. You know, I, I say oftentimes ever since 9-11, but for the grace of God, go I. The, uh, and I and I think of, wow, you know, how would it be to have to leave uh, my home because I, I felt unsafe and travel to someplace I really don't want to be. I'd rather be at home, but I can't stay there anymore. So I, I do. My life is filled with um, with uh, caring for uh, refugees, uh, with our nonprofit, um, with um, speaking and about 9/11 and tour guiding people through the uh, 9/11 memorial. So that's that's my life in a in a nutshell, really. 
Well, I think it's so beautiful. And, you know, I hope that I've never been to New York, but I hope that the day that I do, that I get to meet you. And I would love to be able to be, you know, on one of your tours. I think that would be so, I don't even have words for it. it Absolutely. I'll take it. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, being on. It truly, truly, truly is an honor to be able to have you on. And thank you for being willing to share your story with us. Um, Is there any final words that you would like to share with somebody, with our audience that, you know, just feel that would inspire them? Uh, Just that um, each person has dignity and we don't always see it in each other. Um, And, you know, in this this climate, we can we can assume the worst before we assume the best. But the, the 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 result is, is we are created and we have dignity and significance and. And I wish that we could all kind of look at everybody through those those eyes, including myself sometimes when I get frustrated, but that we all deserve and um, um, kindness uh, because we're all dignified, significant human beings. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much. Thank you to all your listeners and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye now.